The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo! <laughs> How about that? You should have been pulled in the front of the It's time for another edition of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's episode 48, the Jacob DeGrom edition. On today's show, we have the one, the only, the infamous Kyle Goings of Pitcher Digs. A brand new game score that will help you understand pitchers to the max. Join your hosts, Christopher Deary and Michael Govier, as they talk to Kyle about starting pitching in 2021. Find out who Kyle likes, isn't so hot on, and catch up on the latest trade news related to Joe Musgrove headed to San Diego. Take it away, boys! Welcome into the head! It's Enrico Palazzo, Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo! That's right, we are live, and it is me, one of your hosts, Michael Gobier, at MJ Gobier on Twitter, along with my co-host, Mr. Christopher Deary, C. Deary1999. Christopher, how are you? I'm well, I'm well. Uh, I stayed up really late last night. I watched this Tiger Woods documentary on HBO. Uh, oh, the one on Max? Yeah, it's... It's all right, whatever. They totally just like destroy the guy. But uh, I was thinking about it. They need to do something like this for, about Barry Bonds. I'd really like to see an in-depth three to five hour on Barry Bonds because he's such an enigma, an enigmatic. You know what I'm trying to say? He's such enigmatic a great, character. enigmatic character. And really, I just want to see him and Jim Leland go at it like they did back in like what was it '91 or '92? That's one of my favorite videos. I'd love to see a Barry Bonds documentary. Wow, what a segue into our guest with the Barry Bonds commentary. The one and only Kyle Goings, one of the founders of 
Pitcher Digs. It's a, I'll let him explain it. Kyle, introduce yourself. Explain Pitcher Digs right off the bat. What's going on, you guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll jump right in saying that that Bonds was my hero growing up. So I, uh, oh, really? I I understand all sides of this thing. You know what I mean? And uh, I agree that that would be a very uh, very interesting documentary. He's a he's a complex guy, you know. But uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, and uh, looking forward to talking some baseball with you. Diggs yeah. is uh, it's a game score, so. Uh, I mean, it, it plays right into the fantasy baseball world. Um, it's it's not. I mean, I've, I've taken it over the over the years and kind of pieced it together to make an ERA estimator and different things that we're used to in the in the scheme of baseball and analytics. But basically, it's a game score on a zero to one hundred scale, rates each game for a pitcher, and you know we can use it over a season or a career. So that's a that's the basics. Well, that's why I found it so interesting. I found Pitcher Digs on Twitter last summer when I was digging around Twitter. And I'm like, oh, this is useful. And I found that a lot of the scores matched up with quality pitchers. Like, it wasn't just some anomalies or like, wow, look at, uh, you know, hey, what do you know? What's his name? I don't know. Think of a terrible pitcher. Uh, Matt Boyd. Yeah, was yeah. I was just going <laughs> to yeah. say Matt Boyd. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, he was not. That's not what the case was. Maybe Matt Boyd might had a he might have had one good uh, dig score out of the season, but it tells the overall score. Because on your website, by the way, which you can find by going to Kyle's Twitter, it gives the season breakdown of 2020, like the best pitchers of the best, and everybody who's at the top of the list are pitchers that are basically like the top pitchers in fantasy baseball, right? Yeah, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know how to say it other than just. It works. <laughs> and that's, that's why I have continued to um, build upon it. I mean, it just, it really does work. And um, I'm excited, for, you know, to see where it goes. And, and I'm pretty proud of where, where it's come over the last couple of years, guys. Oh, I completely agree. It's an outstanding system. And I'm very, very impressed by what you did. The Diggs average leaders for last year, the top five, Shane Bieber, 71.9, Trevor Bauer, you Darvish, Jacob DeGrom, and then Aaron Nola and Corbin Burns tied at 64.9. So those are some of the best pitchers on the board when you start drafting in fantasy baseball. So this system makes sense, and you can apply it to fantasy. We're going to talk more about that. We will. I just want to remind everybody that we are the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's on Twitter. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. That's right. Send us an email. Let us know what you think of the show. Do we suck? Are we terrible? Follow, rate, sub. Give us all the information. You know, If we get a rating from you guys on Apple Podcasts, that will make the show more accessible to others. And our goal is to expose people like Kyle to everybody. So I'm really excited that we have Kyle aboard on this. Uh, Kyle, you're a Giants fan, right? So as, as a baseball guy, that's like your go-to. You love the Giants? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I mean... As a Giants fan, nobody would ever listen to you complain, right? Three titles. But it's uh, been a long couple of years, guys. Uh, <laughs> here, here we are right. a few years later wait, wait, waiting around, you know. But, uh, again, can't, can't complain. We, uh, we've, had, we've had a lot of great, great memories, great moments. Yeah, we're well aware of that. We're Tigers fans, okay, dude? <laughs> right. Well, unfortunately, it's not an Unfortunately, it's not an even year, or else you guys would win because you guys always won in the even years. So maybe 2022, the Giants will ca- recapture a title. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know what they're doing, guys. <laughs> they're they're oh. really slow playing this thing. <laughs> oh, well, they signed Alex Wood. Aren't you excited about that? You know, it's funny. Alex Wood was a guy last year. A lot of us were calling for him, and uh, he didn't really do a whole lot last year. So, I mean, there's still potential there. He's still a fairly young guy. So, um, I kind of I like the De, the Desclafani signing a little bit better. You guys, Disco guy, Tony, I think huh? Bounce back. I've heard good things about him, but I've also heard that people are overhyping him and his velocity dipped last year. So, hey, I, I don't know. The judgment will play itself out when the season gets underway. But the Giants are trying to make those small, under-the-radar, easy-on-the-dollar-value signings and hope one of them hits. That's what they've been doing the last couple of years, right? Yeah, and it, um, you know, and they know what they're doing. I just would like to see him go a little bit bigger, fellas. That, that's all, but... um. They, they they make a lot of incremental moves that are kind of they're pointed in the right direction. I think a lot of us in, in Giants land are just waiting for that big splash, you know, kind of like what you saw, what you've seen the last month with uh, San Diego. That, that's what we're looking for. <laughs> well, you mentioned it. Why don't we get into leading off so we can talk about the Musgrove deal and all the moves the Padres are making, plus John Lester to the Nats. We got a whole bunch of stuff we're going to talk about. We're going to break down starting pitching in this show. We'll get Kyle's opinion on a bunch of different starting pitchers that we bring to the table from a fantasy perspective. We'll get your tweets and emails, and then we'll get the hell out of here. But first, it's leading off. All righty, Kyle, Joe Musgrove is now officially a San Diego Padre. Actually, I don't know if it's technically official, barring a physical. It's 930 on the East Coast Monday night, but I'm assuming it will go through unless he ends up having a mass on his kidney like Karis LeVert did, unfortunately. But that's NBA. We're not here to talk about basketball. Joe Musgrove on this rotation. I want to get your initial thoughts because Musgrove had a great closing to the 2020 season. It was only a small sample in September, but I specifically remember picking him up in a league that helped me win a title with an outstanding performance at the end of the season. So, Joe Musgrove, Kyle, what do you think of him in San Diego on the West Coast? Michael, I, uh, I'm going to be flat out honest. I'm not a scouting report guy, but here's what I'll tell you. I'm, I'm a gut feeling guy, and uh, Musgrove, when he was in Houston, you know, even just his stat profile... There was something about him. I thought, dang, that, that'd be a guy to pick up. And, uh, I mean, you know, Pittsburgh was smart picking him up. Uh, maybe not so smart giving away Cole in the, uh, you know, in all those, all that ordeal. Uh, but, you know what? Incredible. Um, I, like, I like Pittsburgh's staff. And, um, and so does Diggs. And so Musgrove, what I'll say about him is those last two starts of the year, uh, in the in the digs world, which is like I said, a game score. If you score eighty or higher, that's what I call a gem. And uh, and you know you say, oh, any pitcher can have a great game, and that's true. But digs is more analytically based, and I would say not any pitcher can have an, a score over eighty because it only happens about three percent of the time. And uh, and Musgrove landed two in a row his last two starts. So um, you know, short small sample last year, but what that did for him. Uh, that I mean, he he was elite in 25% of his starts, and the only the only pitchers in baseball who were better than him were Shane Bieber, Aaron Nola, Trevor Bauer, Corbin Burns, and he was tied with Zach Plesac. So that puts him up there. That 
elite percentage is kind of what I look at is who has the chance to break out. And I've kind of analyzed that over the last few years. And it's those guys who, who score that 80 or higher. There's mm-hmm. something to watch there. And, um, and so that put him, you know, squarely directly on my radar. So savvy pickup by Preller today, guys. So Diggs is a defense independent game score. And it, Correct me if I'm wrong here, Kyle, but it's supposed to kind of resemble what FIP is, right? In a sense, yeah, it's um, you know, they're closely related. Um, okay. Where digs, you know, I've used it to estimate ERA, where that that's what FIP does as well. Um, but it's funny, there. I mean, there are still guys that that they differ on. I, I would almost say that digs is a it's a mixture of FIP and expected FIP because I incorporate barrels. So there's this whole component of what did the pitcher do? And that's like your basic digs. You're looking at home runs, your walks, your strikeouts. I include batted balls. So any batted ball is a, is a penalty. And then, you know, I've kind of come in and, and use uh, more of like an advanced version where we're estimating. So it's like the, the results and the process. And those all go together. And I, and I think that's what makes digs a little bit different. So that score, I mean, you really have to earn those big scores. Uh, because it's it's a harsh penalty for home runs. Um, and like I said, every batted ball. So the pitchers who aren't allowing balls in play, um, those guys are going to do really well, strikeouts. But uh, Musgrove, he um, he showed something last year. So, yeah, he, he did very well, especially those last couple starts of the year. If you go to Kyle's Twitter feed, you can click on the link to his website for Pitcher Digs, and there's the 2020 Digs Big Board which is 165 pitchers with a minimum of six games started. And you break it down into tiers as well. And there are, looks like six tiers, five tiers. And Joe Musgrove is in the second tier for pitcher dig scores last year, coming in right around 25 with the overall grade of 61. And that's, that's good, right? That's a solid pitcher. That is a solid pitcher. And so, yeah, I did a little tweaking there in my analysis to, uh, you know, I, I rank by digs, but that, like I said, that a percentage of elite starts, that's the one I look at when you're, you know, when you're talking about a breakout performance, um, you know, everybody has their own little, well, this guy, you know, his velocity ticked up or he, you know, he picked up a new pitch. And for me, it's, it's going back to those dig scores, who was able to put up, you know, the, the really high, the elite scores, even on a single performance. And, uh, and so that's kind of where that's, kind of the category he falls in with me yeah he scored a you know he's i mean really the way you look at it, he last year was a top 30 pitcher so um right i ran i, I saw somebody was asking about projections so i i jumped on tonight and ran a quick projection <laughs> for uh for joe musgrove and projections are always um conservative you know that's just that's their nature yeah uh so i'm pulling that up right now and san diego rotation man uh, so I'll tell you, Darvish, I've got him as roughly a five-win pitcher next year. And this is not me. You know, this is the system. This is me inputting the numbers. And, uh, you know, I leave my personal, other than maybe an inning switched or a game started, that's a gut feel. But everything else is the system. But I've got Musgrove at nearly four wins, which is almost a win higher than uh, than Fangraphs has him on uh, uh, Steamer. Is this for a, what's the uh, projection for like 162 game season or? or? Yes. Yeah, so what I did is I, I just used the same uh, 30 starts, 180 innings that Steamer has. And so I just thought, well, how, do, how would digs differ over the, the same 
you know, same playing time. Got it. Okay. Deary, uh, Musgrove, are you a fan? Are you excited? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Last year I was high on Musgrove and it's funny cause he brought up uh, Di Sclafini and I was also high on him last year, but that didn't turn out. Uh, yeah, Musgrove was an absolute horse down the stretch and, you know, going to San Diego, they vaulted themselves to being the number one pitching staff in the league. And, you know, if you look back to 18, 19, and then, you know, obviously 20 last year with Musgrove, I, I just figured like this guy has just made improvements each year. Uh, you know, he's starting to strike out more guys. Uh, his K percentage last year took a huge leap. Um, you know, he did give up a ton of home runs last year, but I throw, throw that out the door in a 60 game season where he only pitched 39 innings. Uh, so I think he just has a really good chance to elevate his draft stock now that he's in San Diego. I mean, just looking over at, uh, you know, uh, NFBC, is, he's, his ADP is 143, 53rd out of pitchers. That also includes relief pitching. I think he's going to jump up into probably, you know, you know, maybe the mid forties, uh, closer to like a Grinky Lopez and McCullers area. And I think that's absolutely worthy of, uh, what I think he's going to be able to do in San Diego. He's going to win a ton of games. Cause I mean, if they play 162 games, I mean, Padres are winning 90 plus games with the, you know, that pitching staff. So I think it's an excellent, excellent move, uh, by Preller. I mean, that Preller's just been absolutely bananas this last couple of years and he's, he's going for it now. Uh, you know, obviously the Dodgers are the cream of the crop out West, but, uh, the Padres are going to be giving them a run for their money, and I think Joe Musgrove has a really good shot to be a solid pitcher this year. But the Dodgers, the Dodgers already had everything in place, and there's no other competition besides the Dodgers. No, Nobody's no. making trades. No, I mean, no. everyone's dumping. They're no, moving shit away. They're not. This is the big issue that bothers me about. Preller looking amazing. He's making moves, but nobody else is. There's tiny signings here and there, but no one's making big trades. Everyone's trying to conserve and dump and hoard the cash they have left because their owners are dictating it down to them. It sucks. It's a total buzzkill. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely what's happening. It's easy to give him all the credit when he's the only one making the moves, right? I guess. Well, look, I don't want to go off on this tangent about the market. Everyone knows the market is fucked, so just deal with it and accept it, and we'll move on. But Kyle... I love Musgrove, and I'm glad that he's going to get a chance to go to his hometown of San Diego and shine in 2021. But uh, what about Joey Lucchese? Now, we don't have to go into details, but Joey Lucchese kind of was left for dead in San Diego last year. It was a bogus year for him. It was totally pointless. Now he goes to the Mets as part of this three-way deal, and he could replace Steven Matz as the fifth starter, or at the very least, there will be a competition. Who do you like better, Matz or Lucchese? I'd probably take Luke Casey. I, uh, he's kind of funky. <laughs> he is funky. His <laughs> delivery is uh, it's special. He's got long arms, it seems like, when he throws that ball. It seems like it's really obvious to see the ball when he's pitching, but I don't know if that's an issue or not. I'm not an expert when it comes to scouting. But Steven Matz has had his run, right, Kyle? I mean, Steven Matz, we've seen what he can do. I don't feel like I don't feel there's much left for him to prove because he hasn't proven it. And it's a good problem when those guys are fighting for your, you know, your fifth starter spot. So I think, um, I think the Mets are going to have a pretty strong rotation next year, but yeah, I like Lucchese. He's kind of got, I don't know. He, he reminds me, you know, delivery wise, I don't want to say anything crazy here, but his delivery reminds me a little bit of uh, Kershaw and just kind of that, that funk, but yeah, he, um, Diggs, he was uh, above average two years ago. He only made a couple starts last year, but he was average. He was right at league average for me, and I I was surprised when they um you know when they demoted him. 
and uh, really surprised that he never really got another shot. So I think he's another guy. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say everybody's a breakout candidate, right? But I, I mean, I think he's a guy who could jump in and be a four or five starter for him. Everyone's a breakout candidate. Woohoo! Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're talking to Kyle Goings of Pitcher Digs. Check him out on Twitter at Digs Pitcher. And make sure you check out the website because this is just another tool you can throw in your repertoire. That's our focus right now, right, Deary? We're just trying to get as many different opinions and viewpoints on fantasy baseball and baseball as a whole in 2021 so that the people here listening right now can win their fantasy leagues, right? Yeah, stay tuned. I mean, you have what? You have like 20 guests lined up over the next month and a half, two months. So uh, we're, we're at some point, we're going to be doing one or two of these a week. I know we're doing two this week. So we're just going to overload the market with as much information from as many analysts as we can get. And Kyle is just number three of this year, I believe. Well, Kyle has <laughs> you got You have your own viewpoint, and that's what I want. I want people with their own viewpoint who've done the homework. And you've done the homework, man. So – Real quickly, John Lester to the Nats tonight. I think that's almost official. This doesn't blow anybody's hair back. It's John Lester, whose velocity has gone down consistently over the last four or five years. Uh, anything positive you could say about this signing for the Nationals? Oh, you got me right there. I was going to say, yeah, it's really positive that he's not going to be a giant. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, you know what, Lester? He'll probably give him... 25 to 30 starts and uh there's value in that right you know i mean taking the ball every fifth day there's still value in that but yeah i don't know if we can count on that though kyle i don't know if we can count down on that many starts from him well if you can't count on that then i don't know i'm having a hard time finding the positive he's uh (laughs) he's been kind of trending in the wrong direction for a while you know he's got the name right yeah well, look, innings eaters do matter this year because everyone's panicking about who can throw the most innings, who can offer the most IP, and it's becoming one of the most valuable categories, even though it's not most leagues, depending on points leagues, of course. But other leagues, IP is not a category where you win. But in points leagues, if Lester can give you 150 innings this year, then yeah, he might really tick up in value, even if it drags down your ERA and whip and Ks and everything else. And everything but. else, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't see the value there. Uh, Corey Kluber, he's a New York Yankee now. Corey Kluber is a Cy Young winner multiple times. But what have you done for me lately? Recency bias settling in here. He gets the $11 million deal. Mr. Goings, what can we reasonably expect from Corey Kluber? Because in 2020, he didn't even qualify for a dig score, I don't think, because he he came he out. And got hurt. Right. Yeah, it was over. So there's nothing right. to even look at for 2020. It's pretty crazy, you know. I mean, three years ago, you're talking about a guy who he um, he had one of the highest dig scores of the last you know 20 years. You know, him and him and Chris Sale were both in the 70s uh, on average, and that and for digs, that's a that's a really strong like. You'll see those maybe once every five years. You know, I'm thinking Jacob Degrom, 2018, um, Cole in 19. So you're not seeing a lot of those, and uh, it's pretty wild, you know, to see where he's, you know, how far he's fallen. But uh, 2019, you know, for for on the outset, what looked like a really bad season, um, there were some, to me, there were some promising signs that maybe he was unlucky, didn't really get a chance to prove that last year. Uh, Yankee Stadium's not really the place to rebuild your value, but if he's healthy, I, I don't see why he's not an above-average pitcher. Um, 
you know, but I feel like there's a lot of guys we can say that about and pitching when you fall off, you fall off. So, uh, but you know, I was kind of hopeful. I, I thought that Texas was um, making a savvy move last year, picking him up and it just never got the chance to show what he had. Yeah. Blew up in their face. Well, this year they picked up Dane Dunning in the off season by trading Lance Lynn. So maybe that one will work out better. I do like Dunning uh, going into 2021, but the question will be how many innings will he throw, which is, just the constant, constant battle we're all facing here in the fantasy baseball landscape. But don't worry about it because we're going to have some fun now. It's time to switch gears. Don't forget, check out Kyle's Twitter feed at Diggs Pitcher. We are going to have some fun with Enrico's Inquisition. We'd like to switch it up, ask you some goofy-ass questions and this or that scenarios about life in general. Kyle, do you think you can handle this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll hang in there with you guys. I'll try to keep up. Hey, all right, well. Let's do it. Bryce Harper or Lenny Dykstra? Bryce Harper. Oceans or lakes? Which do you prefer? Lakes. Oceans terrify me. Scott Boris or Rob Manfred? I could do without hearing Scott Boris all the time on Twitter. Van Halen or Van Hagar? Oh, <laughs> Van Halen. Not Ooh. a contest. Oh, oh, Nelly, get ready for some doozies. Because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. And. Rico's Inquisition. <laughs> That's right. It's time for Kyle Goings to step into the zone, the Enrico's Inquisition zone, where we ask him questions, scenarios, this or that. It's going to be intense. Kyle, right off the bat, let's get into it. Matt Kane or Tim Lincecum? Timmy. Oh, see, that's so easy. I thought thought maybe there'd be more of a challenge because of the championship runs, but Tim Lincecum is everyone's favorite in San Francisco, isn't he? You don't get, you know they don't nickname nickname you the freak for nothing, man. That guy was lights out. He was. He's so small, and he, of course, everyone knows that he looks like the kid from Dazed and Confused in the Little League <laughs> band. He always did, and he wore it well. You know, he honored that. I appreciated that. Uh, okay. <laughs> Well, how about this? Hertz or Enterprise Rent-A-Car? Enterprise. I don't have any experience with Hertz, man. <laughs> oh, okay. Enterprise guy. Yeah, I wouldn't have pegged you for an Enterprise guy. Who the fuck? You live on the West Coast, but do you prefer the East Coast or the West Coast? I got to prefer the West, man. Why? Warmer weather. Oh, warmer weather. Okay. Yeah, you... We got Florida down there. Florida's technically East Coast, but that's like a world to itself. So that's, that's not really... The South. Yeah, that's the it's South. The south. Okay, you're right. Yeah, it's the South. All right, fine. I'll live with that. Uh, you go with Pedro or the big unit? Oh, man. All right. Uh, Dig says unit. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, Kyle, you said, you, you said it's all about feel and eye test, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. That's true. Uh, the big unit, though, that was my childhood. That, that was me breaking into fantasy baseball in seventh grade. Guy had Schilling and Johnson on his team, and it was like that was twenty something years ago, and I've never seen a team better in fantasy baseball. Impressive. Okay, I love. I don't know. I love Pedro. I just love watching that little guy throw his nasty breaking ball. It's so cool. It broke so hard, and he was so good for that stretch in the late nineties into two thousand. So so good. But Randy Johnson's insane. He's so. I, I don't know. I don't know how you choose there. I'm not going to blame anybody if you can't make a decision. So kudos to you for focusing on your own rating system and making the choice for you. 
Uh, you prefer double A AA or triple A batteries? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Double A. Let's go double A. Yeah, I go double A's too. There. Powers your TV remote. What does triple yeah. A do for you? Not much anymore that I can think of. How about this? John Adams or John Quincy Adams? We asked this one a long time ago. I wanted to bring it back. I'm, I'm over my head on this one, man. <laughs> yeah, well, give me something. Uh, let's go Quincy Adams. Ah, Quincy Adams. Okay. Cooler, cooler name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason right there. Yeah. Uh what else? There's so many things I write down here, and I can't get to them all. I know that. And that's what's hard. Uh, would you rather have Kevin Gausman or Charlie Morton? I like Gausman, man. I like <sighs> Gausman. Had a great year. I think I think Morton's one foot out the door. I'll be surprised if he has a great year this year. I really will. I don't know anything beyond that. I'm just going with what I've seen from the stats and my own eyes. Charlie Morton scares me. I have concerns. And Kevin well, Gausman, though. 37? Yeah. At some point, a guy is done like John Lester or maybe even Corey Kluber, who's going to be, I believe, 36 by the time opening day hits. So. Wait, is Kluber 36? I, think, I thought Kluber was younger than that. Oh, maybe he's turning 35 this year. But yeah, Lester's like 38, Glasnow, or not Glasnow, um, Morton is like, what, 37, 38? He's definitely 37. Yeah, At some point, man. it's over. Yeah, Kluber's 34 right now. He'll be turning 35. You're right. So Just don't tell Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm ready. Um, swinging strike rate or CSW? Ooh, let's go CSW. Oh, okay. It's getting a lot of... Supporting the guys in uh, Pitcher List. They're big-time startup guys. That's right. They are, and they seem to be very supportive of other people, so why not take Pitcher List on that one? Good call. CSW has become part of the stack cast now too so that's amazing that was like a really cool moment for them a lot of respect for, for the pitcher list people um hmm las vegas or los angeles never been to vegas man so i gotta go la oh. i do like la though oh wow deary's never been to vegas either isn't that true uh yeah i don't think it's ever gonna happen at this point no way! If anything, it's definitely going to happen. Oh, yeah. Okay, it might not happen. <laughs> I don't might, gamble anymore, Mike. It might not happen. You're right. I just realized what I was saying. I was taking the route, though, of like, oh, when COVID ends, everybody's going to want to travel a lot. But then I didn't realize what I was saying. Anyways, um, Jane Fonda or Peter Fonda? Uh, Jane. Yeah, I love Jane. She's great. She stood up for civil rights and Vietnam. That was cool. I respect that. Uh, do you prefer... The Sandlot or Stand By Me? That's, that's not really a question for you, man. That's it. Sandlot all day, every day. Man, that's what... Stand By Me is a good ensemble kids movie, too. I don't know. I think it's being underrated. <laughs> it could be but, good, but it, I don't know if it can be I think Sandlot. It's, I think it's hard to compare the two, Mike. I, I think we got to find something different to line up with Sandlot. Because, I, th- I mean, Stand By Me is incredible. It really is. Well, what are we going to do? Rookie of the Year? Well, does anyone like have an emotional cry fest in uh, Stand or in uh, um, in Sandlot like they do in Stand by Me? I don't think so. I think uh, oh, doesn't the kid doesn't he do it to cry to get out of something? Or maybe I'm maybe I'm just being a baby. Yeah, he's kind of a baby. Okay, his fine. parents abused him. <laughs> oh, there you go. How about Little Giants or the Big Green Man? Not, you know, '90s kids. Yeah, the annexation of Puerto Rico. That's always a good call. <laughs> uh, hitting or pitching? 
Yeah, that was an easy one for you, right? I, re- I walked into that one. Uh, do you prefer yacht rock or hip hop? Oh, man. Probably rock, man. I'm not really a hip hop guy. Okay, there it is. And finally, for love or for money? Love. Love wins. Hey, love is love back. Wins. Love is back. Love we, had, we had, I think, two or three monies in a row, but it's back to love. Love wins. That's wonderful. God, that is just so beautiful. Congratulations. You have passed Enrico's Inquisition, brought to you by us, the Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's Enrico Palazzo. That's right. Don't forget to check out rotofanatic.com. We got the big data monster chomping up information and data to help you win your fantasy league in 2021. We also have historical data added to that. So now you can compare every year going back to 2015 to this year past year year before that break it down look at prospects get everything you need with the data monster and stay tuned for uh rankings will be released this week as well on hitting on rotofanatic.com all right let's get into the fantasy breakdown let's start talking turkey because i have some questions about pitching this is strictly pitching focused on this fantasy breakdown because we have kyle on from pitcher digs it makes sense we've talked about a bit what pitcher digs is uh, how does it benefit fantasy baseball, though, Kyle? In your own words, there's no wrong answer here, but I want to know how pitcher digs can be beneficial to people playing the game. Well, I um, I think I said right off the bat that uh, game score to me is it kind of is a fantasy baseball stat, and I was always a points league guy, um, and that and I love seeing okay, a pitcher has one pitcher has a good game and has this score. One pitcher has a great game, has this score. One pitcher blows it and has this score. I like that. And that's what I like about digs. I mean, there's, um, there's so many percentages and rates and this, you know, baseball is full of that these days. Yeah. And, uh, and you really do need a manual to know, well, what's a great, uh, you know, swinging strike rate and what's a great barrel rate. And, and, uh, what's a great strikeout percentage. And what I like about digs is it takes all of those things and it, puts it into one score and you can see oh wow that guy's era is pretty high but he's got a pretty strong digs average dig says he's above average what's going on here maybe there's something that's going to correct uh and that's what i like about it i really do think it can benefit fantasy players because it um it's it's easy to understand and uh, and that's what i that's kind of what i was going for you know there's there's no manual there it's a, above 50s above average and below 50s below average and, um, and so that's where I, I think it can benefit just like a lot of the other stats out there. And I think the difference is it's taking everything and putting it into one zero to a hundred score. That's um, easy to access. Yeah. It's rankable. It's organized and you can decipher which pitchers are pitching better than other pitchers. And you get individual game scores, which I love because it doesn't have to be just a season long trend. You can look at week by week. If you're playing weekly or daily leagues even, it can be beneficial to get the information right away. And I like that about it. I think it's it's very maneuverable and it's flexible. And I like that about this stat and the overall the overall leaderboard. I mean, it's more than just a stat. It's like a whole tool to use. So that's why we have you on, Kyle, because I respect you and I respect what you're doing. So keep it up, man. Appreciate that, Michael. Of course. Absolutely. Now, let's start talking about some pitchers. Deary, me, and Kyle, we all brought some pitchers to the table, and we're going to talk about some of them. Deary, I would like you to lead it off. Who do, would you like to discuss first? Oh, boy. There's so many guys out here. I, uh, 
I did a real deep dive into some of these guys today. Uh, I'd like to talk about, let me look a little further down on the list. Let's talk about Tony Gonsolin. Uh, so right now, ADP 203, 72nd on pitchers overall. Um, a guy who really started to have a breakout last year. Uh, we'll see what happens with this Dodgers rotation, but he, he could be at the back end of the rotation. What I like about Gonsolin, and this is what happened in 19 as well as last year, doesn't walk a ton of guys, 1.35 walk per nine last year. Um, and doesn't give up a ton of home runs, even in 19, where he pitched a lot more innings, only 8.5% home run rate, uh, home run to fly ball rate, and 4% last year. Guy throws 95 miles per hour, uses several different pitches. Um, we'll see what happens with David Price. I have no idea if David Price is going to come back. I mean, obviously, COVID is still an issue, and we'll see. But, uh, you know, Gonsolin is going to be getting innings, whether it's in some long relief or I think he's probably going to get a decent amount of starts. Uh, you know, two years in a row is ERA under three, which I really, really like. Maybe like to see a better K percentage. Uh, last year it did jump up to 26%, which I like a lot. Um, left on base percentage, pretty decent. Really good BABIP. Uh, he's a guy who's starting to climb up the list a little bit. I like him a lot better than some of the other guys that he's at, at, at an ADP. And I think that ADP is just about right, but he's a guy who can give you really good value later in the draft. Tony Gonsolin, huh? There's a lot of talk about Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin and which one will get more opportunity. And the Dodgers love to give everybody a chance. Julio Urias, David Price is coming back this year too. He took will off. He? That's what I really want to know. Will he come back? There's still COVID, Mike. <laughs> yeah, it seemed, for as far as we can tell on today's date, January 18th, David Price mm -hmm. is gearing up. He's been, I've looked at his videos on Twitter. He's gearing up. He's excited for the season. Yeah, I did see some videos of him pitching. So that does make him excited. I, I do, I would like to see him come back. And there is an expectation that he will return and he's being drafted. Like the expectation is that he will return right now going in the, I think it's like around 130 ADP, 130 to 150 range. And that is somebody who people, are assuming will help him in be a difference maker for their fantasy baseball team. So I don't think people will be doing that, especially people in NFBC leagues who put down good money that they want to win. Okay. They wouldn't waste yeah. their money on that, right? But having said that, this is not about David Price. It's about Tony Gonsolin. Kyle Goings, Tony Gonsolin, what are your feelings? What is, What are your thoughts? What does Pitcher Diggs think of Tony Gonsolin? One of your one of your rapid fire questions should have been uh, Mayor Gonsolin, and and Diggs would say Gonsolin. Uh, you know, I mean, hey, it's hard to argue against a hundred and one mile an hour fastball, but Diggs liked Gonsolin uh, ahead of May the whole year, um, and it, and it wasn't close. So I've got I've got Gonsolin. The list that I was talking about earlier, the elite percentage guys who had uh, eighty Diggs scores, a score of eighty or higher. Um, in any start, Gonsolin was 13%. I mean, these are, there are only 49 guys who made this list. You know, like I said, it doesn't, doesn't happen a lot. And Gonsolin's up in the top 20. So there's some, there's some major potential there. He's, you know, um, he's a guy Diggs likes and he was on my list as well. Okay. All right. That's a, uh, that's pretty high praise. I must say, I respect that. I'm, I'm down with that as well. I got to tell you, though, Tony Gonsolin, Dustin May, uh, it's just a matter of opportunity because I think they're both outstanding, but there's some speculation that May doesn't have, like he's got, he's, we've seen the gifts of May and the nasty breaking pitches, but I don't know, the results in the K rate were down, so we weren't getting what we thought we would get out of May last year. But then again, it's last year, 
And as everybody knows, we got to throw the caveat that it was a small sample size. So the jury is still out. That's a good one, dearie. That's a good call. Yeah, I mean, the out. thing is, going back to Gonsolin, I mean, just looking on fan graphs at, at Streamer and, and Zips, they're not projecting, you know, 25 to 30 starts. They're projecting about half the games he's going to start. So they're saying about 16 starts, uh, which means he will get some time out of the bullpen. But that's just their projection. So we'll see. I mean, 100, 112 innings is most projections have on that. I mean, Obviously, you can see that in a, a lot of rotations, injuries happen. And if that happens in the Dodgers rotation, I think he slots right in. He'll give, give you really, really good value. So what I did with my list, it's I didn't put a lot of the obvious guys on there. Uh, you know, your Walker Buehlers, your Castillos. I put guys that uh, looking at maybe they could have big breakouts or guys that I just really trust for some really odd reason. <laughs> <laughs> like Herman Marquez. <laughs> No, that's fine. I want you to believe in yourself and your own opinions. And that's what the show is about. Bring it, serve it up, support it, and then let the chips fall where they may. That's what we do here on the Hey, the Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Tony Gonsolin. All right, we'll see. There's a lot of other pitches to talk about, though, so we got to keep moving. Uh, I'm going to go. Let's talk about Blake Snell. I think Blake Snell, and I'm drafting him as such, is going to get the opportunity to pitch more innings this season and San Diego is going to allow him to spread his wings and fly. Tampa Bay is no longer there to prevent him, you know, from coming out. We all saw what happened last year in the World Series. Whenever when Snell got pulled and then the game went to hell, that was uh that was most unfortunate, you know. I feel like Blake Snell was in a groove and he was dominant. And sometimes you gotta trust what you see in front of you game to game as opposed to what the trends say. Because there are exceptions to every rule, right? Am I crazy? Anybody? Hello? No, you're not crazy at all. Um, <laughs> continue on yeah, Snow, and then I'll, I'll give you a rebuttal on Snow. Okay. All right. Well, look, uh, Kyle, what do you think of Snow? Does Pitcher Diggs uh, have any excitement? I know that he's had some good game scores in his career, but does that mean in San Diego it could get even better, or should we expect more of the same? I'd say, I mean, Diggs thinks he's four-win pitcher, which is, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Right, especially if he throws more innings. Um, but you know, it's not really in love with him. And uh, and I, in a gut feel guy, I I think he's a strong pitcher. I I don't know if he's the guy that um, oh, the guy that everybody wants him to be. But I don't think he has to be in this San Diego rotation. I think if he's your number two or three starter, that I mean, that's a great guy to have in that position. But he's probably not on my list of big breakout guys. I mean, he's got the he's got the talent, and yeah. maybe it was just maybe maybe you know it was uh, the lack of confidence in him messed him up from the start. Um, and he's got the attitude, you know. <laughs> but no, Diggs, uh, Diggs isn't in, in love with him like it is some of the other guys out there. <laughs> Fine, okay. Well, maybe Blake Snell sucks, but I don't no, think he no, does. No, no, no. Okay, so I've had Blake Snell on my team the last two years in my Dynasty League, and he and he's been frustrating. So there's going to be no one else that I root for more than Blake Snell this year because I have him in my league. And knowing that you're targeting Mike, I'm also going to be rooting for him. But there's so many red, red flags with him. Uh, you know, obviously he pitches a ton of pitches. You know, he works all over the plate. Uh, 
his walk rate really, really bothers me the last couple of years. Last year, he gave up a ridiculous amount of home runs. Now, I can throw some of that away, but even going into 19, 15.4% uh, home run to fly ball rate doesn't really excite me. Uh, he does have four pitches that he uses, which really excites me. Uh, you know, he's got a nice swing strike rate, and he's going to give you the strikeouts. The question is going to be, like you brought it up, Mike, are they going to let him go longer in San Diego? I think where they're going to, what's going to help him in San Diego is I think he's going to get a lot of wins, and I think they are going to stretch him out a little more. Um, you know, but with some of these other signings, uh, you know, and if they can solidify the rest of that bullpen, which I think is already pretty solid, mm -hmm. you know, they might need not need him to go really deep into games, which can actually help him out because we've talked about it a couple of weeks ago when he gets to the third time through the orders, when he really, really struggles. And, you know, if he can jet through the first couple, couple times through the order, uh, you know, possibly get to the third part of the order, pitch into the sixth inning and then take him out. He's going to have some really good numbers for you. I still think he's a top 20, 25 pitcher, and he certainly has the breakout potential to be a top 10 guy. Uh, so we'll see. I'm going to be rooting for him, uh, but there's still some red flags if he's going to be my number one or number two starter in my rotation. Wow. I really see Blake Snell as a... Top 15 starter, no doubt about it. And I'm going to draft him as such. I can't guarantee that the innings will increase. But one of the other things besides the innings you know, being allowed to increase in 2021 is the park factor going from Tropicana Dome over to Petco. And it's actually a worse hitter's, you know, it's a better hitter's park, so it's worse for Blake Snell. It's a negative. But he did improve his ground ball rate last year at 49%, and that's good. If he can keep the ground ball rate up, That'll be good news for him in Petco Park, and I like that. So that's something I'm going to build upon as well. I'm taking a chance that the innings will increase and that he will be able to go six strong in, in National League ball if there's no DH. Again, we don't know the answer to that either. There's still so many unknowns. But I took Blake Snell in the Battle of the Podcast League draft that we're still doing, thanks to Zach at Draft Champion on Twitter from Draft Champions Podcast. We did a whole live stream on Friday night, last Friday night, where we talked about our picks and people made dumb jokes, and that was a lot of fun. But Blake Snell was one of my top two pitchers to go with Walker Buehler. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is, and I'm going all in on Blake Snell. I could be wrong, but hey, that's what this show's all about. I'm right, you're wrong. End of story. No, right, no, moving. no. So, my, I mean, Mike, what he also did well last year is like he got out of trouble a lot last year, and that's what killed him in 19, and, and it's what he was so good at in 18. So, obviously, there's going to be a little regression from, you know, his, his left on base percentage than last year, but it's not going to be as bad as what it was in 19. If he brings those home runs down, I'm a believer. All right. Yeah. Well, I, but you're not convinced. So, you know, stay true. Well, he's, on my, he's on my damn team, so I'm rooting for him. <laughs> <laughs> you're screwed. All right. Kyle, give us a picture you'd like to talk about next. You're on the board. All right. <clears throat> my guy is uh, hes a former Giants farmhand, the one that got away. It's Luis Castillo. Mm. And, uh, a hot Diggs game right now. Has, Diggs has had him, yeah. And uh, he's been a top 10 guy in the league for Diggs for two years in a row. And uh, I, and I don't know. There's a little bit of park factor involved there, but Diggs likes what he's doing. And, I, you know, I, I see him as a guy, if he – depending on, you know, whether he stays or goes or, you know, wh where he ends up, um, you know, say he's a Yankee, you know, that could be the start of really the start of his career. So I, I think he's a guy that's doing great things. He doesn't always get recognized as such. I mean, people know he's a good pitcher, um, but Diggs thinks he's an ace and has been an ace for a while. And, um, you know, Cincinnati, I, I respect what they've done and the, move they've, the moves they've made. And I'll say this, 
if I were uh, if I were a GM, I'd be fired by now because I would have made a lot of the same moves they made in Cincinnati. They haven't just hasn't worked out yet. But um, Castillo's a guy that I looked. I mean, if I were drafting, he'd be one of my top picks. Look, Luis Castillo speaks for himself, and I think everybody seems to want a piece of him now. I can't think of a a lot of arguments that I would have against Luis Castillo because he is coming into the prime of his career. His home run to fly ball ratio is outstanding. He he pitches in a park where fly balls fly out of there all the time at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. And he's been able to limit home runs. Last year, he did a really good job of that, even though he was, a I believe he was a part of that Cubs game where all three outfielders hit two home runs apiece. They set like an all-time record that had never been done before. All three starting outfielders hitting two home runs. But anyways, that'll happen. You know, random days, they show up to every pitcher now and again. Any thoughts on Luis Castillo where you would say it's a negative, Deary? Because I think Luis Castillo is a winner, winner, chicken dinner. I don't really have anything negative to say about him right now. Yeah, absolutely. The I mean, my only issue would be the park factors in Cincinnati. But like you said, he doesn't give up home runs. So uh, he's a top 10 guy in, in my mind. I haven't gotten him in any of these last couple of years. Uh, you know, I saw that uh, talk about the Yankees possibly uh, – getting him for Gliber, I guess that was apparently the rumor, which we don't like to talk about rumors on this pod, but uh, I will mention mm. it. Uh, and that's just not a trade that I would see the Yankees making by giving up Gliber. Uh, the Yankees would give up, you know, Clark Schmidt and Esteban Florial and or Florian and all their, you know, minor league guys for a guy like Castillo, especially because they, they need the pitching. But uh, if I'm Cincinnati, I'm holding on to him right now. I mean, obviously Cincinnati is hoping that they can, you know, have a bounce back season and be in the race. And, uh, you know, uh, Luis Castillo is going to be a part of that rotation. Uh, he's a top 10 guy in my mind. Yeah, Luis Castillo's a lot of talk about the Yankees. The Yankees are going to trade Gleyber Torres. We'll see. I don't know if I would do that. Gleyber Torres is a very special player, but the Yankees desperately need pitching, even though they got some youngsters, uh, you know, in the fire that I do like Clark Schmidt and Davey Garcia. And Domingo Herman will return, hopefully, to form. Severino will be back midsummer. Yeah. So they got a lot of pieces they could still work with. They could still sign Tanaka back. They could still sign Paxton back if they wanted to. Yep. A lot of options for them. This is the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are talking live with Kyle Goings of Pitcher Digs. We're talking starting pitching. That's what we're getting to here. I would like to go back to Deary. Is it your turn? You're up. Yeah. I'm going to go with Tyler Glass now. Uh, Ew. That's fine. Uh, is your issue the fact he only pitches two pitches? <laughs> well, that's a you know that's a common issue. Yeah, people are concerned about that. But go ahead. Look, the guy throws ninety-seven miles per hour. He's going to strike out a ton of guys. Uh, obviously, he had some struggles last year. Uh, he had a couple really, really nice uh, starts in the playoffs, which I like. Um, if he can find a way to get a third pitch, I would be pretty damn happy. He he was toying with a changeup a little bit last year throwing it 4.7 percent of the time but he's just a fastball curveball guy but when you can throw the fastball 97 miles per hour you're gonna have a chance to be a really really good pitcher we we obviously saw it when he was brought up as a rookie two years ago obviously it was limited time and he didn't pitch a ton but he was an absolute stud the issue that he has is he gives up way too many home runs uh that needs to come down he needs to not be giving up a ridiculous amount of home runs like he did last last year. And, and you know, the year before, it was only 8% on home run fly ball rate. Last year, a ridiculous 23%. And hard hit rate was way up last year as well. But if there's a chance for a breakout here, I think it happens. I mean, the the batting average against is going to be super low. His whip was still pretty good, even though he had a poor year last year. 
um, which in the end turned out to be just a couple really bad starts. His ERA ended up at 4.08. Come back a little bit on the walks. Don't give up a ton of home runs. And I think he's going to have a chance to be a quality guy. I mean, ADP 52 right now, 17th out of pitchers. I think that's I think that's fair. Uh, but he has a chance to be a top 10 guy in my mind. What's Jan- it, Mike? Look, January since January 1st on NFBC, yes, you're basically right. He's... Min 40. Somebody took him 40th overall and okay. a max of 88. Somebody somebody got to get Tyler Glass now at 88. If I could get Tyler Glass now at 88, I would totally do that. But that's league dependent, and there's a lot of factors that go into that. We all know the story about the two-pitch pitcher that he is. But Kyle Goings, do you have any thoughts about Mr. Glass now? I mean, he's the ace now. If Blake Snell's traded, they are looking at him to be their ace. As much as the Rays will ever depend on any starting pitcher, as an ace because they love to pull them early and they love to use their bullpen. What do you think, Kyle? You know, I, uh, I spent the first part of the off season running, running digs numbers for minors last four or five years and, uh, NCAA division one stats. And, wow. uh, that's where I was talking about the basic version of digs. I mean, it, it works even when you take out all the advanced stuff that, you know, that you only have access through Statcast. And, you know, you can't find that with minors and, uh, and collegiate numbers. You just got to use the basics, you know, the home runs, the walks, the strikeouts. And for a couple of years, uh, you know, when he was low A, high A, double A, Tyler Glasnow was the, was the best pitcher in the minors, according to Diggs. And, uh, and I think he's got that potential. I mean, I think you, you show that. That's what I've seen from this system is if you show that at any level, you have the potential to do that as you move up. And I mean, he's got the goods to do it. You know, if he's this talented with two pitches, imagine if he develops a third. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, he just doesn't have a huge sample to his name, but he, um, he's a guy with incredible potential. The walk rate has gone down the last few years while the K rate has gone up. That's positive. You'd like to see those categories going in the directions that they are. Um, if you believe more in analytics and stat cast, you could make an argument that you know, he gets barreled a lot more than he should. The exit velocity is a little higher on him than other pitchers. He gets hit hard at times, and that's a concern. If you buy into that, but if you don't think it matters, if it doesn't matter to you how hard a guy gets hit, because if he gets hit, he gets hit, it's regardless. But if you can give up weaker contact, that's a good thing. And I don't think I'll back down from that. So my concern is, yes, he doesn't have the third pitch that can offer more variance and deception and fool hitters. I think he's in the AL East as well, which is not a great place to pitch. Uh, anybody, Kyle, beef with the AL East? Is that a concern for you when you think about uh, – if you were to draft a pitcher, you'd be like, ooh, AL East, there's a lot of big hitters in there. Or is that kind of a myth now? Man, I think that's been how people have felt for the last 20 years, right? Yes. You know, hitters, parks, and, and loaded lineups. And, yeah, it's definitely something to, to consider. But – you know, what Tampa's done with their, with their pitching staff the last few years has to, you know, has to weigh on your mind too, that these guys can can and have shown the results. Uh, Something to consider is, you know, even uh, it's interesting when you really start fine tuning the numbers and really digging in on it. um, There was a study, I think in the last couple months on uh, looking at hard hit rate a little differently and, uh, you know, people don't, people look at hard hit as a percentage of you, the batted balls that you allow. And it kind of skews the numbers where if you look at hard hit percentages, of, you know, uh, and you encompass everything, uh, hard hit percentage divided by your total batter's face. 
Then you're incorporating, well, who are the guys that are uh, striking hitters out like a Tyler Glass now? And, and what I've found is even some of the greats, even, a, you know, Max Scherzer, his um, over the years, even his in his great year, his hard hit numbers weren't exceptional, but he's not allowing the ball in play. And that's what Glass now has going for him. You you can give up a few more hard hits as long as you're striking batters out on the other. But if those are home runs, those are no good. <laughs> yeah, which he was yeah. giving up a lot of. But that's that's a great point. I mean, Van Lee uh, brought it up the other day. He's like, I don't buy into hard hit rate a ton. He's like, because of what what are the types of hits you're giving up? And, you know, it do- doesn't matter if it's not going out of the park. So, uh, but yeah, for Glass now, just, just get rid of those strikeouts and come out, or get rid of those home runs and figure out a way to get that third pitch working. Yeah, but when it comes to barrel percentage, I I am more into barrel percentage and Alex Chamberlain's blast percentage more than I am the hard hit rate, and that's not good for him either. So I want to see a third pitch developed, and I would like to see a full season as well because he was limited by last year's 2020 Uh effort. That's not his fault. Not his fault at all, but that's what I'm looking for. All right, Tyler Glass now. For me, uh, I would like to talk about Plesak. Zach Plesak, because this is one of the guys who brings up the most divisive opinions from a lot of different people, because 2020 was a lot of fun. He came out. I remember that. His first start against Kansas City, eight innings, 11 Ks. It was like, whoa. And I had Plesak. I was in this stupid um, reliever-only league. <laughs> I've never been in a reliever-only league. This was an all-time low for me. Uh, I did it because I saw it on Twitter last year. So I had Zach Plesak because he qualified as a reliever at that time coming into 2020. And what I remember like the leagues you're in. You're in. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even speak to this. This is hilarious. You just start, you start six relievers. That's all it is for the week. It's really weird. Wait, no, anyway. there's nothing. It's just, just relief. Yes. There's nothing. <laughs> yes. That's it. It's, it's like 20 teams of relievers. So you start one. That bag sounds exhilarating. Yeah. I die the time of my life. God, no, I, no, look, Zach, please killed it last year in spots. Now, some say that maybe he was better against weaker lineups and, he kind of took advantage of that. He was also a part of the Clevenger fiasco where he got suspended because they went out and partied in uh, Chicago. I think it was. So there's not a lot of data here. It's small, but people that I respect, uh, Dave McDonald, less than Dave on Twitter. He also lives in Ohio, but he, he loves him some police What about you, Mr. Goings, Zach, please Can we buy into this 2020 hype or should we be cautious? Police And uh, so in triple a, in 2019, there were two guys, and you know, AAA, uh, I, at least in the, the PCL, which uh, I believe, uh, I believe that um, Plesak would have been in the International League. But the PCL, the ball was just flying, you know. Yeah. And um, so AAA numbers were were rough on pitchers in general, but Plesak would did very well, you know. Him and uh, I had him and Zach Gallon atop, you know, at the top of the Digs leaderboard, and and both of them ha- have had pretty strong starts their career i mean police that kind of kind of turned it around and and seemed to come out of nowhere but as far as uh, his minor league i mean to me Diggs pegged him as a guy that had the potential to do something really well and it's kind of hard to argue with what cleveland's done with their starting pitchers oh that there's no argument here on that (laughs) i bet cal quantra will turn into something special in fact i would be drafting him and taking flyers on him because i know cleveland knows how to do starting pitching what about you Deary, Zach Plesak, yay or nay? 
You know, I, I saw where he was being drafted ADP on NFBC, and I was I was pretty surprised he was that high. So I had to dig a little deeper into the numbers, and seeing that he his strikeout rate just jumped last year compared to it was where it was in 19. And, you know, just looking at, you know, kind of the pitch types he was using, he wasn't throwing the fastball as hard. Uh, it went down to 92 uh, compared to 94 and 19. Uh, but he was throwing his fastball a lot less as well. His slider usage went up a ton, and I think that's probably the main reason he was striking a lot more guys out. He's using that slider a little more. He's a little more uh, dependent on it, probably believes in it a lot more. He's a guy I like. Uh, you know, we talked about the strikeouts. Uh, his left on base percentage last year was 91%. Obviously, we're going to see some regression from that. But what I also like is he didn't walk a ton of people. He did it in 19 a little bit, but he didn't walk too many guys throughout the minors as well. So maybe 58 ADP, just looking at NFBC today's, might be a little high, but he's a guy who has the potential to absolutely do it. You know, Kyle talked about what he did in the minors and in double a and triple a back in, I believe it was 18. And those numbers look fantastic there. So if he can continue to rise and strike people out at a rate that he did last year, uh, I'm a believer like you, Mike. Oh, I'm not sure I'm a believer. I want to talk about him. Really? That's my thought. <laughs> well, I did see a couple of your teams. You have drafted him, haven't you? Uh, did I? Christ, I don't. I, don't, I think no, I'm I don't be think, having dreams about this. I think you are. I think you're fantasizing. I, I wasn't willing <laughs> to pay the price that high. I think I have him in one team. Yeah, yeah. The, I drafted him in spot because he was available in a fan tracks yeah. best ball league. But best ball, there's innings pitched opportunities, and he's he's the kind of guy you want to have on a best ball team. So that's why I would raise the level of value on him. That's why league dependency is very important when you're talking about a player. And one thing I want to point out about Zach Plesek. If you're into expected stats, ERA of 2019 of 381. Expected ERA, 544. 2020 ERA, 228. Expected ERA, 338. Those are big gaps. So that means some luck could be involved here, and I would be a little concerned about that. Just food for thought for all of you out there. I'm I'm cautious, but I just don't want to pay the Zach Plesak price right now, which is out of this world to me. Because it, I need more of a, a validity. I need more of a sample size that is larger. I can't pay the 5980p on NFBC right now with a minimum of 41, a top 40 player. I just can't see taking the risk on that when I know there's guys like Bundy or Jose Barrios or Kyle Hendricks even later in the draft where I'll, I'll pay that price and I think I can get similar results. But maybe I'm wrong, but that's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I like... Sonny Gray and uh, Cookie Carrasco, who's being drafted after yeah. after him on ADP. I'll take I'll take those two all day over uh, over Mister Plesac. That's a good call, uh, Kyle. Why don't you throw us uh, one more picture here? Maybe we'll do one more round and then uh, we'll call it. How about how about a double duo? Let's go. Uh, let's stick in the AL Central. Yeah, Chris, I know where this Chris is going. Gilbert. I wish you were going. Probably not where you wanted to go, though, Michael. I'm thinking. No. <laughs> thinking uh, Brady oh, Singer you're wrong. Oh, I love it. I love it, dude. I love me some Brady Singer. In fact, I just drafted him in that Battle of the Podcast League. I, I went high because I believe in him. He's a bulldog. But you want to talk about Singer and Chris Bubich. Why don't you go go ahead? You have the floor. Hey, man. <laughs> I think your comments are a lot better than mine, Michael. I just uh, – they, they both showed something last year. And, uh, you know, Singer was the kind of the boring guy who had the potential to go number one overall if there is such a thing. Um, but yeah, he, he really showed up last year, uh, four dig scores of 70 or higher in 12 starts, wow. which, uh, which 
to Diggs means he was great in a third of his performances, which for a rookie, uh, pretty solid. Uh, Bubich, I mean, has the potential. A lot of great young pitching in the AL Central, but I like those guys. Yeah, Brady Singer uh, finished in your third tier last year. I mean, he had some really elite scores, but the overall average ended up putting him in tier three, which is pretty damn good for a rookie who hadn't pitched in the major leagues before. He he debuted last year. It was major league debut. I love Brady Singer. I think I like Singer more than I like Bubich. I'm I like what Bubich has to offer. Or Bubik. Is it Bubik or Bubich? Am I saying I say this wrong? <laughs> I think it might be Bubich. I'm not the expert on this man. God damn it. I don't oh. think I, I still don't think I've heard anyone say his name besides just us idiots in these podcasts. Chris Booby. Oh, Brady Singer. <laughs> I, w- I wanna oh, give me all the Brady Singer and maybe I'll get burned. I don't know if you could rely on Brady Singer as one of your top four or five starters, but if Brady Singer is my fifth or sixth starting pitcher, I'm very, very happy with that. And then if he exceeds the value, it's a winner. And if it doesn't quite work out, you're not burned as much. I mean, he's still going, I think I got him in the early 200s in the Battle of the Podcast draft, which has been an exhausting draft. I mean, these people are geniuses. You got John from MLB Moving Averages and Justin Mason and Matt Williams and SP Streamer and Toby from Bat Flip Crazy. There's so many people that are like, they're experts and I'm a, I'm hoping that when the draft ends and the season ends, I'll look like an expert for taking Brady Singer. But uh, well, so, so here's what you're going to get out of Brady Singer: he's not going to have to face the White Sox and the Twins. You know, almost half his starts, five of his twelve starts, were the White Sox and Twins. Obviously, he's going to pitch against them this year, but his worst starts are against those those teams last year. He had eight strikeouts against the Tigers, eight strikeouts against the Indians, eight strikeouts against uh, the Cubs, and then seven again against the Indians. So he had good starts against, you know mid 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 level teams to to middling teams like the Royals but uh he also I like had the hitter against yeah. Cleveland they pulled yeah. him in the eighth inning because he was he's young but he was yeah. amazing That's right. yeah I mean he hasn't pitched past double a but you know uh you know we talked about it like he he was potentially going to be the number one pick overall three years ago and you know he slotted down a little later in the draft and Casey Mize ended up going number one but I mean the guy's six foot five I mean where's he at ADP right now Uh, Mr. Brady Singer is someone that you can get a tremendous value on by taking him later in drafts around 231, 231 with a minimum. Some people have reached up to 147 and some people have waited 336 being the max. Yeah, I mean, it it could be one of those things where he's your fourth guy and maybe you don't start him every day, but in good matchups or when he's rolling, you're going with Brady Singer. I mean, the guy's got the stuff. He's six foot five. He's a big kid. Um, and I like Bubich too. I just, it just sucks that they play for the Royals. <laughs> Would you rather have Andrew, Andrew Haney or Brady Singer? Ooh, I'd rather have Brady Singer. Kyle. Yeah, I'd take Singer too. Wow. Okay. Because this was a conundrum I was looking at in the draft. There was Haney, there was Singer, there was Michael Pineda, uh, there's Nathan Avaldi, Zach Davies. A lot of these names are around the same area. Yeah. So. I like Singer. I like the upside. Okay. Hey, I'm all for it, man. Hell yeah. The Brady Singer Show. I know we're Tigers fans, but we can get down with some sweet starting pitchers in the AL Central. We're cool with that. The Royals are always the underdogs anyway. So like the Tigers, I think we understand and we can like connect with the Royals fans, even though they won a World Series and we didn't. But oh, well. Uh, D- all right, Deary, give me one more pitcher real quick. Uh, Chris Paddock. Mm. Cowboy. Where do, get, where do you think of Chris Paddock? 
Well, he's he's in a good situation this year. You know, he doesn't have to be the the guy anymore. He's kind of buried in that rotation, and may, you know, maybe a little bit of pressure coming off. Well, uh, you know, maybe he can just kind of relax and pitch to his potential. But yeah, Diggs didn't like him so much last year. Um, league average, not. But hey, I mean, short sample. You know, we we go back to that a lot. Yeah, he had he had he had a bad year last year. He gave up a ton of uh, home runs. He was really bad first time through the order last year, which was kind of surprising. Usually, he doesn't start off that bad, but he he was pretty bad first time through the order. He he wasn't walking a ton of guys, but it was just it was just home runs left and right, and hard hit rate was at forty seven percent compared to thirty two percent his rookie year. So uh, I'm hoping for a bounce back. He's in a really good situation. Obviously, still only twenty five years old, uh, but he's also just kind of like a fastball changeup guy. He doesn't have too much else in the repertoire yet so we'll, we'll see but i wanted to get your guys uh opinions on him what do you think mike well if he could throw the curveball more he threw it seven percent of the time last year that's not very much we need more curveball action if it could be developed that would be lovely what i do like is the similarity in his era to expected era in, in his larger sample size of 2019 and he was outstanding that was his rookie year it was a 333 era 339 expected era that's fantastic that's symmetry that really feels good. Last year, he just got tattooed, like you said. There was a lot of solid contact made against him. And obviously, if you haven't heard, Paddock's velocity was down last year, and it was a big kind of a focus point and point of emphasis and concern as to why that was. It was 2020, so maybe his habits were thrown off and a fresh start in 2021 with what Kyle mentioned having that reduction in pressure, not being one of the lead top two guys anymore on the staff, go about his business and get back to what he did in 2019. I I think I like that. I, I think I'm into that. I, I'm going to bet on the 2019, which is the larger sample size, coming back to reality, as opposed to what we saw last year in a chaotic and bozo year. I, th- a- I think that's right. ADP, ADP 110 right now. Huh. Well, you know, that's uh, kind of surprising. Because last year, it was way up there. So some people, if you're going to wait for Paddock and take him as one of those guys that goes around, you know, pick 100 or later in that bunching with like Dylan Bundy, uh, Jose Barrios, Kyle Hendricks, Zach Wheeler, then uh, you might get yourself a a pretty penny. I'd rather have, let me ask this, Kyle Goings, would you rather have Charlie Morton or Chris Paddock? Oh, Paddock. (laughs) Okay, would would you rather have Dylan Bundy or Chris Paddock? Bundy. I like Bundy, man. I, last year, I, I was all over that guy. I uh, I, I suggested on my, my Giants, my old blog account, I uh, I suggested uh, Bundy for Tyler Beatty straight up. And man, I got hammered for it. And, uh, and I like Beatty, but man, Bundy was a breakout guy waiting to happen. And I hope he can keep it going. He's, uh, he's about the only Angels pitcher I'd, I'd take a shot on, but I like that guy. I, I really wanted a full season out of Bundy last year because Mike called it at the start of the season. He's like, this guy is due for a breakout. And I was battling against Mike all preseason on the pods, just saying, no, no, it's never going to happen. And it happened. Sure, he only throws 90 miles per hour, but when you have three other pitches that move all over the place and you can strike guys out, like that was – that's what he figured out. He figured out he's not going to strike people out with his fastball. I really wanted to see a full season out of him last year, so I'm excited to see what happens with Bundy, and I know you're a believer, Mike. Yeah, Kyle, I'm with you, uh, as Chris alluded to. I'm very excited to see if we can make that a full go in 2021, and I'm I'm on board with it. I still am. I know the ADP has crept up a lot, 
because I remember last year getting him around like 240, and now <laughs> he's up to 80, and that's high. So I usually like to back off guys who rise. I, I usually like to – I want to get the guy who's the next Bundy. Who's the guy who's being undersold right now, you know? That's what I'd like to do. But uh, I'm still kind of into that slider. That, that slider is nasty, and he used it more than ever, and it's paying off. And if it keeps doing that, he had what? I can think right off the top of my head of like three double-digit strikeout games where he was outstanding. And I'm very, very curious to see what Bundy does. Uh, all right. One more picture real quick because uh, I got Kyle here and I want to ask him. This is the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. We're talking to Kyle Goings from Pitcher Digs. And I want to ask him finally about a guy that I'm not really into, but there's a lot of mystery about. Uh, Frankie Montas, guys. Now, if you listen to the people at Pitcher List, Nick Pollock in particular, who runs Pitcher List, he's talking about how splitters are bad and pitchers who rely on split finger fastballs, <clears throat> he has no interest in those pitchers. So Frankie Montas is one of those guys. And 2020 was a lost cause, but we didn't get a huge sample size in 2019 either. I want to know, what do you guys think? Anybody, chime in on Frankie Montas. What's your... Would you like to take him? Do you think he's worth it now because he slipped more in ADP this year, or are you still out? I think you um, – I'm a believer that, you know, if you show – a pitcher shows a certain potential, I mean, I, I think they always have the ability to get back there. And, um, you know, it, yeah, it was a big fall, big fall from 19 to 20. But once a guy shows that, I, I want to see if he can get – I want to see if he can do it again. I mean, even if you split the difference, you've still got an above-average pitcher. So I wouldn't give up on that guy just yet. I mean, you you combine his 18 and 19, that would be about 160 innings right there. 3.88 ERA in 18 in 11 starts. A couple, couple games he came out of the bullpen. Obviously, 2.63 in 19, which was really, really nice. He did start to strike out more guys beginning in 19, uh, and the K per 9 rate and K percentage was up a little bit last year. What killed him last year was obviously the walks, but... I mean, he pitched 53 innings. I'd like to see if that was 153 innings, what that would have been like. Uh, he pitches for a pretty good team. Uh, there's, there's no way that home run to fly ball rate is going to stick at 17%. That's definitely going to come down. He's more of a guy who's going to be closer to a, a 10 or 11%. Uh, where you're getting him right now, I think 150. Where are we at here? Uh, I think it's higher than that. I mean, 150, 156 ADP. Jesus. It doesn't seem like that when I've been drafting, but okay, yeah, that's fine. Uh, all the, these people, you know, every draft is different depending who you draft with. ADP is a guide, but it just never seems to yeah. balance out to what you think it'll be once you're in the trenches of drafting. I mean, he, he throws hard. He can get it up to 96, 97 miles per hour, and uh, I, I understand people being off of, you know, the split finger and, uh, you know, how, how that can mess with your your elbow sometimes. And, you know, and he's had some, you know, elbow issues in the past. But uh, yeah, I think kind of where he's at right now, I, I'm fine with the 156. If he's your, you know, number four starter, maybe possibly number three. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle on Montest. I'm currently going to dig deeper. I'm not going to give a final evaluation yet because I'm confused. I, I've liked what I've seen. I was concerned a bit, but it was a small sample last year. And just because he throws a splitter doesn't mean he's a loser. You know, he could still be a guy that can be a difference maker, strikeouts, uh, a limit hard contact. 
and that's a good thing. So you'd rather have him than Patrick Corbin, who's going a couple spots behind him, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 You would. You would. I think I would. I like the ballpark. Uh, yeah, I like the division better. Uh, NL East is now like the AL East. It's a nightmare. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, there it is. Uh, we got to break down a bunch of starting pitching from a fantasy perspective. We got Kyle Goings from Pitcher Diggs' opinion on some pitchers. So I hope that helps you in your continuous journey on Fantasy Prep 2021. Let's do some quick tweets and emails here, and then we'll get the hell out of here. How's that sound, Kyle? Sounds great. All right. Okay. Far out of the way. Um, very excited that I was mentioned Deary is cool. It was a cool moment for the show, and I think it's a cool moment for the Plaza podcast that my name was mentioned on the Sleeper in the Bus podcast with Paul Spore and Justin Mason. So nice. Yeah, that was cool. You know, I've listened to that pod like a million times, and they said my name, and I was like, What? Yeah, like, I just said my name. That's so well, funny. because we, We've had Justin on. Are we going to have Paul on? You know, Paul's like a Tigers fan, so I don't know if he's actually from. Is I he know. from Michigan or not? I, I don't, I don't know. know. I've been following him on Twitter, and we've kind of gone back and forth on a couple of tweets, uh, and there's been Tiger talk. So, <laughs> Yeah, I would love to have him on. Uh, Paul, if you hear this or somebody tells you uh, about us, yeah, we'll, we'll reach out to Paul. We'll see if we can get him on the show because he's a pretty good guy about that. He's been on a lot of different pods. I don't think he has any ill will towards the Plaza podcast as far as I know, and we would love to talk Tiger Turkey with you, Paul Spore. Okay. That's awesome. All right. Well, this is about Kyle Goings, though, and it's about, you know, your appearance on the show, Kyle. People want to know what you think about stuff. So I want to get your thoughts on this one first. This is from uh, what? Oh, my God. This is some goofy stuff. This is from our uh, best ball podcast. I think this is probably from Brian Seymour now. Uh, Give me a Musgrove projection now that he's a friar. Uh, How many picks does he lift in ADP? Well, I think we kind of gave the projection earlier, right, Kyle? Yeah, so Musgrove, 30 starts. I've got him, uh, his Diggs ERA projection, 3-6, and nearly four wins. So pretty uh, optimistic projection from Diggs. Yes, and I think that would also mean the shift in ADP would be massive from a fantasy perspective. He will he was already rising up, and now he'll probably rise. I wouldn't be surprised if he rises up to the to the Dylan Bundy territory, maybe the, I mean, beyond the Frankie Montas territory for sure. Right, Deary? What's that? I'm sorry. I was checking. Uh, I was checking what? something. <laughs> Where I'm sorry. are we? No, I got a text. I got a text about work. Yeah, Musgrove. I'm in. I'm. Re- I'm sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, Musgrove's ADP is going to go up now, right? Yeah. Oh, it's going to skyrocket. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yep. That's all you need to say. Uh, okay. Uh, what else? We have a uh, been going around 150 in my draft. Says Chalupa Man uh, at guy underscore ry22 on Twitter. Sometimes 120. So let's assume right around top 100. I'm glad I got lots of shares. Oh, he's not saying anything. He just wants to let us know how cool he is. Well, you are cool, Chalupa Man. Thank you for listening to the show and participating. We appreciate that. Uh, let me see. The next question. Um, I like Musgrove, but he has previous years where he was a 200-plus ADP guy. I feel like the Padres are America's bandwagon right now because they're fun. His ADP will also get pushed up closer to 100, like I was just saying. He could still be a value even... If there is a breakout, but it's too risky for my blood. But as Kyle just suggested, it's not risky at all. It's, and those are projections that are conservative. So crazy legs with many Z's, don't worry. It's going to be okay. I wouldn't sweat it at all. In fact, I think this is something you can be excited about. And Kyle is someone who I respect immensely with his pitcher digs and game score analysis. So trust in the process, okay? That's what I say. 
Uh, let's see. A lot of these are just comments. I thought we'd have more questions. <laughs> People just want to be heard on the Palazzo pod. Two L's, two well, Z's, right? <laughs> yes. That's right. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, Kyle. Those didn't go as planned. Let me switch to the... <laughs> Let me switch to the emails because I got that wrong. My apologies. Uh, one second. Okay. Oh, here we go. Uh, this is from Davey. What player that missed all of 2020 are you excited about? Ooh. Uh, you know, I, you know, I'd like to say Cindergard, but I think I'm going to say Chris Sale. Really, Chris Dale. I mean, and and I know he was in some regards trending down in 2019, but Diggs still liked him as uh, one of the top 20 pitchers. And I mean, we're talking about a guy who, when he's on, Diggs like like I said a couple of years ago, him and Kluber both were averaging over 70 a start. And um, and as far as Diggs goes, that's about as high as you can get on on an average basis. What about 2020? Is there one that you're throwing out? Is there any pitchers 2020 that you're saying, you know what, I'm not worried about this, and I'm still going to focus on the track record prior to 2020? Let's say Alex Wood for the sake of the Giants. Oh, boy. Yeah, I can buy that. I can buy that. Is he healthy? That's the question. Can never stay healthy. I'm sorry, I'm sticking to it. He can never stay healthy. I like Alex Wood, and you can always get value with him in fantasy, but so rare that you can, tr- it seems like when he was with the Braves, he had his best run. There might've been one Dodger season you could throw in there, but that's about it. And it's just a, it's hit or miss. So I, I'm wishing you the best, Kyle. I'm rooting for you. I want, I want your team to do well because it has nothing to do with our tires team here in the AL. Yeah, we got to have something to root for, you know, give me something to believe in. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let's see a couple more here. Um, do you put more value on K nine percentage or K percentage. This is from Jeff. I think my my internet's falling apart on me, Michael. Oh no! Can you hear me? Can you still hear me? Yes, sir. K percentage, and I missed the other one. All right. He wants to know: Do you rely more upon K percentage or K nine percentage? Uh, you have to know the scale. But um... okay, Deary, what do you think of that? Real quick, does it matter to you? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I think Towers brought it up a couple weeks ago that he discuss that K percentage is just a better indicator of how uh, more the percentage of guys that you're striking out, you know, a lot of other things can happen um, within a game. So I've actually been evaluating guys more on K percentage than K per nine. And I think it's more of a true outcome of, of the guys that you're striking out. Uh, so, so I, I think I'm more of a believer in it now than I've ever been. I'm actually to a point where I do play in a league that we have K per nine and I want to get rid of it now. Oh, okay. Uh, this one comes from Steve. Would you rather have Max Freed or Denelson Lamette in a dynasty league? I like Lamette. Even with the injury concerns. Oh. But long term, I know, mean, he's, he could bounce back. So. Max Freed was a guy that Diggs really liked two years ago. I mean, it had him in the same, same ballpark as Soroka. And that uh, I still think what we saw from Lamette, man, that guy's potential sky high. Mm. Yeah, Freed's a more of a dink and dunker. Uh, I don't know if we see his strikeout percentage skyrocketing too much more. That's not his style, but he gets him out too. I don't. Know. I mean, if he ends up being somebody you can rely on 
to go a lot of innings and keep a whip down, then that's a good thing too. And it's just not as flashy as Lamette, I will. Yeah, I, I, I think Freed is going to be a very dependable starting <laughs> pitcher and a, a pretty decent, reliable fantasy guy. But it's that electric stuff that Lamette has, you know, the fact he can throw 97, 98 miles per hour, strike out as many guys that he can. But, you know, obviously coming off some elbow issues, we'll, we'll see. But uh, there's certainly a huge high ceiling with Mr. Dinelson. Okay, last question. This one's from Richard. Besides Kevin Gaussman, so you can't choose him, which Giants starter are you most excited about in 2021? Is it Johnny Cueto, he asks? I'd I'd love to say Cueto, but it's not. uh, (laughs) For me, me, it's one of the two young guys. It's either Logan Webb or Tyler Beattie. Uh, And we saw Beattie was really... um, Really looked like he was tapping into his potential before he went down, and uh, I'd I'd really like to see what happens when he comes back healthy. Beautiful. Well, there you go. That sums it up. That's our tweets and emails segment. We want to thank Kyle very much for coming on the Hey, it's a Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's been a real pleasure. Don't forget that Pitcher Digs will be available for you to peruse in 2021. Kyle, tell people where they can find you. Tell people everything they need to know so that they can massively suck in your info, like a, a horde of information just getting sucked into their brains. I got to get a domain name, you guys. It's, it's on my to-do list. Uh, but you can, <laughs> find me on, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Diggs Pitcher, and, uh, and, and the site is linked there. Otherwise, it's bit.ly slash Pitcher Diggs. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I, you click on the link. It'll take you right to it. It's very easy. But, yeah, that's it. We want to thank Kyle again for coming on the show, talking pitchers with us. Uh, we got more guests in the hopper this week. Uh, Alex Chamberlain, Janice Curio from the Southside Sox, uh, Open Bar Dudes from the Open Bar Fantasy Podcast. There's uh, so many more. I mean, it's just going to be flying at us. Many, many more to come. We thank you for listening. I'm MJ Govi on Twitter. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Chris Deary, tell people where to find you. Yeah, Steve Deary, 1999, buddies. Did you get those first base rankings out yet? <laughs> no, no, not yet. I had a busy weekend. Uh, I'll have them out ton- tonight or tomorrow when I'm at work. I'm going to do a lot of uh, fantasy work at work tomorrow. But take your time. You know, life comes first, fantasy second. That's what I always say. Thanks for listening, everybody. For Kyle Goings and Christopher Deary, I'm Michael Gobier. We will catch you next time on the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Yeah.